welcome. Welcome, my friends, to the Beggars and Brawlies podcast. This is episode 37, recorded January the 17th of 2022, and today I am suffering from some book grief, and I will tell you about that. But the positive thing is, I have also come up with a guaranteed method to never read a bad book again. So it's time to find a bounce back. So I think I've been telling you the last few episodes about how much I'm in love with the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee, and I was reading the last of those, uh, kind of after not knowing what to read, which is funny because I'm going to talk about how to pick things to read, but I just jumped into Jade Legacy and adored it like I adored the first two, and I got that feeling like you get when you've read something wonderful and you're done with it and there's not going to be any sequels or maybe the author writes really slowly. And for me, I think of it as grief. You know, it's like, ah, this is gone. And I just read it, so I'm not going to go back and read it again. I'm not much of a rereader anyway, because I remember stories so deeply, they sort of feel spoiled for me, even if it's 10 years down the road. So I just have this grief. Uh, A reader of mine informed me that there are other terms for it, like a book hangover, or book fog when you like can't read anything for a while because you're still so stuck in that story that you just got done with. Apparently, if you cry in the middle of a book, that's called book death. I don't know. I die a lot of book deaths. I'm an easy crier, especially at the Greenbone Saga, which I don't know. It's not like in its description, you wouldn't think that it's a tearjerker, but it was for me. So anyway, my solution to this book grief or perhaps to my breakup with the Greenbone Saga is to look for a bounce back. I need another book. And I thought, you know what? Like this particular formula is working well for me. So I wanted to share with you my method because I kind of have a patented method now of finding a book and not just any book because obviously like there's lots of recommendation lists you can read and best ofs, but a book that will feel like a bounce back that's close enough to the niche that you just loved that maybe it's going to help you get over that morning without actually having to deal with your feelings (laughs) because who wants to do that? So um, when I looked at the Greenbone Saga, I thought, okay, so this is Asian inspired fantasy written by a female Asian author. So, you know, like I could describe it in so many different ways. That's the way that I decided to do it. Partially because I know that that's kind of a a niche that's exploding right now. The Poppy War is the main example, but there are just a ton of books coming out by female Asian authors that are Asian-inspired fantasy, and it seems like they've been super good. So I kind of wanted to get into that genre anyway, aside from the Greenbone Saga. So here's the method. The first thing is that, okay, I, I guess it comes with a caveat that if you hate Amazon and Jeff Bezos... You should probably stop listening, even though the method doesn't require you to give them any money, but it does utilize their uh, their AI and their search function and some other things pretty intensely. So if you can't bring yourself to go on the site of Amazon, this method is not for you, although you might hack it to use on another site. So anyway, one of the things that has made Amazon so successful is the fact that their search engine, when you search for something, it's going to give you the closest thing, and then it's going to give you the things that it thinks are the most relevant no matter whether that makes them more money or less money. So if I'm searching for Asian fantasy by Asian female authors, 
um, and it'll bring up Jade Legacy. And Jade Legacy is expensive. I think it's ten or fifteen dollars for the ebook because it's traditionally published. But if they think that the very next thing that I'm going to like based on my search history and the terms that I put in is a little indie book that costs ninety nine cents that they're going to make thirty three cents on versus like five dollars, they're going to put that one at the top because. Their strategy from the start was always that they wanted people to trust their algorithm and their search engine so that you would go there to find things and not feel like you were just being advertised to like a place where you might put in a search title and it'll give you the things it wants to sell you the most, even though they're not exactly what you were looking for. And apparently it's paid off. So that's one of the cool things about having read a book and wanting to find another one is if you go on Amazon and just look at that book on the page, you can search for it using whatever terms you want. But you can also just go to the page. Go to, For me, I went to the Jade Legacy page and I scrolled down and there's a section that says you might also like. And this you might also like section is probably going to be full of other books that are in the niche according to the very wise algorithms uh, notions of what you read and what you generally read. So it's like a, a really smart recommendation engine versus your friend saying, I really thought this was cool, even though you and your friend like different things or whoever wrote that list on Goodreads. Amazon is watching you all the time and they know what you like. And they also know a lot about that book because they've watched who else buys it, etc. It's artificial intelligence. It's not scary. It's just a tool, at least right now. So uh, that's how I came up with a list of the books that I wanted to read that looked like they were in the same wheelhouse as the Greenbone Saga. I just scrolled down and looked at the You Might Also Like section. And right off the bat, there were five beautiful covers. And with a little looking, I could see that these were also Asian female authors that wrote them uh, of Asian-inspired fantasy. So here's the list of five that I'm going to talk about once we get into the next section of the method. But <laughs> the list I came up with was She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan, Iron Widow by Jiran J. Zhao, probably said that wrong, The Jasmine Throne by Tasha Suri, Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth Lim, and Thorn of the Night Blossoms by J.C. Kong. And, uh, you know, apologies, I probably said all of those names wrong. Here's the next part of the hack. You get your list recommended to you by the AI, and then you don't buy them. You don't go to the library and get them. You just download the first 10% for free. There is that function that says, uh, I forget what it's called, but I think it says read now or free sample or something. It's a button that's under the ebook and it'll send you the first 10% of the book for free, which sometimes is a chunky little bit of fiction if it's a long book. Um, and there are some nice things about this. One is that it's instant and it just happens on whatever device you're using. Um, the second is that it forces you to make a decision once you get to the end of that 10%. You got to read the thing, which means buy it or move on to another one instead of like sort of drifting through it. And at 6% or 14% being like, am I into this? And I guess I should give an aside here that uh, actually this came from Dan Wells, an author that I followed for a long time. But I really find it to be true for my own reading, too, and think about it a lot in terms of my writing, that if a book hasn't grabbed you by the first 10%, it's probably not going to. And for me... I I want that to be character grabbing me. I care about this character or story. I can kind of see where it's going, and that sounds awesome, but ideally both of those. And of course, if the world is cool, that's great. But uh, as much as I love world building and fantasy settings, it's got to be plot and character that grab me. So um, you download those the 10% of the books that you pick. I don't know. I feel like five is kind of the max. You might do three. If you're ambitious, you can do more than that. But I start to get confused at what exactly each one was if I read them in succession. 
So I downloaded the first 10% of these books and then I just read them. I read them until I knew it wasn't for me or until I hit that 10% mark and then moved on to the next one. Even if I liked it, maybe there's going to be one better. The title of this uh, episode, I think I haven't actually titled the podcast yet. <laughs> I do that later is how to not read bad books or how to always read great books. And so if you stop with the first one or the first few, it's probably a good book. But what if there's a better one? I'm the person who when you go to a restaurant uh, over and over, I got to order different stuff, even though I love the peanut curry or whatever, because what if the green curry is better, the panang or the lob? I got to try them all. And then once I've tried basically all of them, I can be like, Okay, yeah, the peanut curry was the best. Let me go back to it. So I'm like that with books, too. And I, of course, being biased, recommend that you do the same. But anyways, for me, I got those five books and I read the first 10%. So what follows, if you're interested in this wheelhouse, might be interesting. If not, I'll keep it brief. But uh, I just kind of collect my thoughts on those first 10% as I read them. So She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan was very epic. It starts off with a really scrappy, starving female protagonist in uh, some fantasy version of China uh, who's starving and ends up having her family die and she takes her brother's identity to get into this monastery with the sole desire of surviving because they have food at the monastery. And then the rest of the 10% is her like working her way up to education and prominence in this monastery. And I love that story. I love the academy setting story where like a scrappy protagonist who shouldn't even be there like impresses everyone and rises through the ranks and becomes whatever. Um, Name of the Wind has a really good sequence like that. Uh, there are some other ones. Actually, The Poppy War has one like that. And I was really up for that story. Then in the last few percent, the book took a hard left turn. And I'm not going to spoil it if this sounds like a book that you'd like, but that setting goes away and the character ages up a bunch and all the side characters that were coming to care about disappear and there's new side characters, new point of view characters. And it sort of felt like I was starting to read a different book that had a different set of promises and expectations. And I felt betrayed, honestly, and didn't really feel like I knew what that book was going to be, even though I was 10% of the way into the book. So I put it down um, and went on to the next one, which is Iron Widow by Jiran J. Zhao. And this book is nuts from the very beginning. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's like this. It's definitely China because there's a great wall, but they're using giant mecha on the other side of the wall to battle against these like alien machines that have come down that are trying to destroy humanity, I guess. And their machines are made out of the aliens. And there's this magic system where uh, they're piloted by people who have magical abilities always male because it's a very, very uh, misogynistic society in which women are like forced to break their feet so their feet stay small and they have no value. And these male pilots need female co-pilots. They call them concubines. She's very good at picking these like really creepy fantasy terms um, to fly in the ships with them and they use their magical ability. And ah, uh, too bad. Sometimes if the fight is bad, the concubine dies, but whatever, there's always more kind of thing. Um, so immediately you're like, I hate this society and I want it to change. And the main character feels the same way, which maybe isn't believable if you were actually raised in that society, but she does have a good personal reason for wanting at least to kill one of these pilots. And that's that her sister was purchased to be a concubine. And in the course of a battle, the pilot killed her. And this younger sister wants to get paired with that pilot so she can kill him back. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's like, this is YA very much. It's not epic or slow the way that six she who became the sun was but i love how it just grabs you and the motivations are so big and strong 
And uh, yeah, in the first 10%, she gets really far towards that goal. And there's a couple big plot twists. And I was just totally into it. And the setting is not believable. And the the society really isn't either. <laughs> but I kind of don't care. I was really into it. Uh, it feels like a good bounce back kind of novel. And maybe one that would become a true love. Uh, but anyway... I read to my 10% and staying true to my ideals, I moved on to the next one, The Jasmine Throne by Tasha Suri. And this book uh, returned to being very adult fantasy, being very epic in setting and scope and point of view and pacing, uh, which is the main one for me. I was really into some of the world building. This is uh, India inspired versus China or Asia. Um, and I like that because I haven't read as much of it. And the, the world felt very detailed and the characters did too. Um, but at the end of 10%, I kind of only had a vague idea where the story was going. I knew the two point of view characters were about to meet and that something would happen there, but neither of them really wanted anything, which kept me from being interested in their future. Cause I didn't necessarily want anything with them or for them. And the story, like I said, I didn't really know where it was going because they didn't want anything. So I liked the characters, but I like wasn't invested in their story. So this one, while being really well written and beautiful, didn't really grab me in the way that Iron Widow really grabbed me. <laughs> so I put it down after 10% and moved on to the next one, uh, Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth Lim. And this is the only one that I didn't make it to 10% with. And that's not because it was a bad book. It started off super strong um, with a strong character and a cool world. Uh, it's just written for a younger audience than I really enjoy reading. Like it, to me, it read almost middle grade. It was definitely a step down from Iron Widow's YA. And the world was just a little bit too shallow and the characters were just a little bit too flat for me to love in a way that I think a younger reader would really be into. So um, no shade on the book. It's just not, I'm just not its intended audience. I didn't feel like, so I got to six or 7% and I said, this is probably where it's going. This is how it's written and it's not for me. Um, and then the last one was Thorn of the Night Blossoms by J.C. Kong. And this comes with a little bit of a caveat that uh, it is Asian inspired fantasy written by Asian author. And those initials don't tell you gender. I happen to know that J.C. Kong identifies as male, but I actually already had it in my library. I've always wanted to read it. So I included this in the list because it's close enough. Uh, and this one grabbed me for sure. It has a lot of, uh, it has a cool setting. It's very like Japanese geisha plus spy assassin. <laughs> the main character is all of those things or a courtesan in training who is secretly a spy who's gathering information from the customers. And there's a whole network of them throughout this floating world uh, pleasure palace or pleasure land or section of a town. It wasn't really clear from the book. Um, and it starts off with like a murder mystery right away. And you're drawn into that as you're drawn into the character's larger struggles. The characters want all kinds of things. They have relationships. The plot is fast. The setting is interesting. Um, there was a lot to like about this book. And when I got to the end of 10%, I was like, what, like 30% of the way through the book, which is to say that I actually have the box set. I got it on a deal. And I realized that this first book of the series is very short, <laughs> that I was already most of the way through it. So I thought, what the heck, I'm just going to read the rest of it. So that's the one that I ended up reading. And I'll admit that it's partially just because I, as an author, am curious about this format of writing a lot of really short books in a series. That's what I was going to try to do with Tidecaller Chronicles. And I just got sucked into each story plan that I made. And they are getting longer and longer as time goes on. And that seems pretty standard for a series. But I am still curious how J.C. Kong does it and uh, how he pulls it off. So I read the whole thing. And it was very good. But going back and looking at the five, 
the winner for me is definitely Iron Widow. Um, it just had such a compelling character and story, and the setting was super interesting, even if implausible, which is kind of my thing. I like plausible settings. But this book just felt like a lot of fun in a way that the other ones didn't. And Jade Legacy was moving and intense and epic, but not always that fun. So, you know, I was kind of looking for a bounce back book, and I think I found it. <laughs> so I'll tell you next time uh, whether that was a good choice or not. I'm actually really interested in reading some of these other ones as well. But I kind of love my method, too. So once I'm done with this one, you know, maybe I'll do the method again and see what I come up with. Uh, otherwise, I'd say I'm probably going to read the sequel to Thorn of the Night Blossoms or maybe see where She Who Became the Sun goes. Um, yeah, I think those would be my next picks. But anyway, I hope that method is useful to you to look at the you might also like recommendations because they're probably going to be spot on. Download the samples, read all the samples, have your thoughts about them, and then pick one. And the other cool thing about this method, if it fails, and this is just kind of a cool thing about ebooks, but I actually didn't know it about Amazon, which is crazy because that's where I buy most of my ebooks, is that you can return them. So if you buy it and you get to 15% and then the plot takes a hard left turn and you're like, actually, this is not the book for me, it's hard to find, but you can click around enough to find a place to return that ebook within seven days. So you're not even tied to it. Just, you know, make sure that you get into that book and don't be the person who buys the ebook. And then a year later, it's like, oh, I should I should read this. Anyways, uh, I hope that method is useful to you. Uh, I love it if you tried it out and let me know how it goes. Or if you have some other very interesting way that you pick your books, I'm also all ears for that because this is like the plague of my life as a reader is what am I going to read next? Not for a lack of options, because there are always a ton of books. And being an author, there are a ton of books that my friends are writing and have written that I want to read just to, like, support them. And also to see what's new and cool and, like, what's the trend in the genre. And it's impossible to read all of them. I cannot do it. So I need some kind of external support system <laughs> to help me make that decision. I'm also an indecisive person by nature. So there is that. Um Anyways, there's a link in the show notes to send me an email if you want to tell me how this method works for you or if you have your own cool one. I always love to hear from listeners um, and I need help in picking my books up. So I do not have a chapter of the Dragon Bard for you this week. Uh, I've just gotten really sucked into writing the end of Rebel of Riddle and Woe. The words are pouring out of me and I can't pull my head out of that world to think about being in another one at the moment. So uh, no Dragon Bard, but hopefully next week I'll have another chapter for you. I am excited to tell you that uh, the anthology that I'm part of has a name, The Alchemy of Sorrow, and we're doing a Kickstarter for it, which is going to have a bunch of very cool benefits, including a beautiful and illustrated hardcover for the backers or Kickstarters or whatever you're called on that particular platform. But um, if you want to get on that early, the campaign doesn't start until February 1st, but you can follow it. So there's a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, my story I'm very proud of, and I can vouch for the other stories in the anthology as being truly awesome. It's an anthology of grief and healing, and I feel like the other authors just nailed that concept. So I'm really excited for you to read it, even if it's just for me. But really, you should be reading it for the other authors, because some of those stories are amazing. So with that, I think I'm going to leave you to search for your next good read or to get back to your current good read, if that's what you're doing. As always, I hope this podcast finds you well and in the company of good books. Till next time, my friends, read on. For more information on Levi Jacobs and his books, including the award-winning Tide Collar Chronicles, please visit www 
levijacobs.com. Or for a free audiobook, only available to podcast listeners, go to www.levijacobs.com slash free. Thanks for listening and read on. Thank you.